This week's episode is brought to you by Warner Brothers Unscripted Television's Little Big Shot, starring Steve Harvey. Featuring hilarious interviews with some of the world's most talented kids, NBC's hit reality series is a show for the entire family and full of heart. WBAL-TV says they may be young, but they are amazing. Little Big Shots, for your consideration in all categories. Screen full episodes at WBFYC.com. Hi, I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. As voting uh, ends at the beginning of next week, on Monday, I believe, is the last day to vote, uh, today we're going to be looking at the biggest races to watch and maybe get your last-minute votes in there, Academy members. <laughs> Plus, uh, you'll hear Dominic's interview with Holly Taylor from FX's um, The Americans and my interview with Catherine Zeta-Jones from Cocaine Godmother. Uh, that was at our annual Emmy Contenders event. But before we get to those, let's get to the big races. You know, this Emmy season, well, the, the contenders, to quote our, to quote our own uh, event, the contenders for this Emmy season have been some remarkable, remarkable projects. I really think, though, there's a, there's a lot of these that just come down to it's very simple. It's a one-two, who's it going to be? And I would say right off the bat, best actress drama, it's either The Crown's Claire Foy or it's once again going to be Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid's Tale. I agree with you. I think it comes down to them. I think there's going to be a tremendous temptation, and I've been noticing the uh, ad campaign for it to go with Claire Foy this time because they know it's their last shot, and she's so good in this role. Uh, well, it's their last shot with her because, of course, Olivia yeah. Coleman will come in well, for season their three last as shot the queen Claire, herself aged. Claire yeah. Foy, absolutely. They know that, and they know the whole trajectory of the series that keep switching actresses every two years. Nevertheless, I, I think there may be a, a tendency to go there, but Emmy voters love to repeat themselves. We've only you had love to one year. That. Yeah. You do love to repeat We've that. We've only had one year with Handmaid's Tale. Are there Tale. any stats about that? Like what are the actual like is it is it like forty percent of Emmy past Emmy winners will I, win again? I don't know. You I mean, I don't know the numbers, man, but I can tell you all you have to do is go look at it it's and true. you can see. It's true. I mean, uh, you know, ask Don Knotts, who won five years in a row. Are you know, okay. who was is it? Ask Don Knotts yeah. going to be our new podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yes, which we're going to bring him back. I love Don Knotts. But yes, he's Don not Knotts. up this year. But nevertheless, Why? Elizabeth Why Moss is, that? is. Why? That's terrible. Elizabeth Why Moss. Why is Don Knotts up? Uh, because. Well, it doesn't, he, it, doesn't he passed on. I, you know, that doesn't stop anyone. That doesn't stop anyone okay. from showing up in things right. again. What's in this orange stuff you're drinking? Um, orange stuff. It's that. All right. Oh Elizabeth God, I lost, I lost, lost and lost and lost. And it's nice to see her win and win now, too. And plus, she's a producer on the show, too. Exactly. So she could exactly. pick up and, what's, and, and also, too, is that mm -hmm. season two of The Handmaid's Tale, yeah. they've actually they've launched off beyond the book, Margaret Atwood's classic right. 1985 novel, which provided the basis of all of the first season. Right. Season two and subsequent seasons will be taking the three of that and I actually find that in many ways more interesting exploration and much more interesting adventure and I love season one of The Handmaid's Tale but season two a little harsh for some people yeah. but season two is well, great then okay but Claire Foy uh, over that other Claire who's back in the race uh, Claire Danes uh, we do think it's coming down to Claire Foy and Elizabeth Moss this a year here a plethora of Claire's be a plethora of Claire's um, okay but so speaking of which there yeah. is a lack of plethora of a certain Julia 
yes. in the best actress comedy. So six years in a row. I just to make my point of what they keep voting over and over and over. She set the record actually six years in a row. Uh, it was uh, I broke the story on Emmy night. I, I talked to Julia after her sixth win, and she she whispered to me essentially sitting down there at the HBO party that there was no way she would win seven years in a row because they weren't going to be shooting the show. This was before her cancer diagnosis, by the way. So it was always the plan not to have the show in play this year. And uh, so we don't have Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who I love, uh, but we do have, look, you've called the race before here, so I'm sure you're going to call it again right now. Rachel Brosnahan. Oh, it's all yeah. Ms. Maisel, baby. It's all Ms. Maisel. Yeah. This is this is Amazon's big win. Like, yeah. if, if what Hulu had with, with The Handmaid's Tale for Best Drama last year, and maybe again this year, um, this is definitely Amazon's win. And you know it. I mean, yeah. they are... There's a lot of Bezos money out there promoting this thing right now. Yeah, a no lot. question. A no, lot. No question. Impressively so, I will yeah. say. Because I sometimes find, I mean, we both get, I get a, and I'm sure Emmy voters out there who are listening to TV Academy members like Pete and I know this, you get a lot of crap in the mail. Oh, my God. I, mean, I don't know how many boxes of Netflix documentaries I've gotten. It's, it's like, like two things. One, don't send me the same box four times. And I know. B, you know I have Netflix, right? Like, right. I don't need this, right? I did just get another Netflix box that I already had, just to add on to it. The pile this year is bigger than I've ever seen. I just don't know when it's going to end. But um, it's pretty amazing. But anyway, I do agree with you. I think Rachel Brosnahan has the role. And, you know, when you have the role, and the competition is there. Some people that have been nominated year after year and don't win. Um, I I think that the fact that there's a little hole here without Julia really only opens it for the Rachel era. And I would say the same thing is true of the actual series itself for best comedy when it because the absence of veep this year i think the marvelous miss Maisel is definitely in now of course and emmys are always full of surprises you just you 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 think you know this you think you have it down and then whatever you think turns out to be entirely wrong yeah i think though and this brings us to another another category that we have discussed many 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 a time is best actor in a limited series or tv movie there is really only two names you need to know here the fact is to, to go on to Pete's much-heralded point of the, yeah. the, the past Emmy winners usually become future Emmy winners. Not in this they are Yes, Jeff Daniels. Well, and, it's uh, limited. It's different every year. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Jeff Daniels and, and, and Benedict Cumberbatch are it. Like, this is it for them. Daniels in, in Hulu's Looming Tower and yeah. Benedict in, in Showtime's Patrick Melrose. Both previous Emmy winners in different and, and categories. They are the only names that matter here. They're the uh, you, only names that matter. You don't think Al Pacino no. in any year is a name to reckon with? I think he. I think nomination, yes. Mm-hmm. I do not think win. Okay. And I would agree with you beyond that. Uh, you have Antonio Banderas as Picasso, but I think that's a nomination at best, probably. Yeah. Uh, here I agree with you. Daniels versus Cumberbatch. And I have a feeling the Cumberbitches are coming into play here, and yeah. and they're going to pull him in. You're going to make they're going to make sure all their chads are pumped. Yeah, yeah, I you know. Think so, and yeah. please don't write letters in that I said that is an actual name of fan clubs. That's what they call themselves. That's and they love they're self. It's called self-defining. Yeah, <laughs> self-defining. They love Bene- Benedict Cumberbatch, and who doesn't? He's a terrific actor, but boy, is he amazing, as we've talked about yeah. uh, before. Yeah. So I mean, I think that one. Now, what's interesting is. This category that we're looking at of outstanding variety special live. Yeah, interesting. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of 
pardon the pun because John Legend is one of them, but there's a lot of legends that could happen here. I mean, yeah. there are people who literally would they grab the big four prize. Yeah, because in this case, for an Emmy, a a Andrew Lloyd Webber has a producing credit on this, as does um, Tim Rice, and both of them have. We, we should say this is for this is for the Jesus Christ Jesus Superstar. Christ Superstar, uh, and both of them, which would be in this category, and you have to understand this category is not. Variety special music special, you know, which is but the Barbra Streisands of the world and that sort of thing. This is separated. It's mostly award shows which get nominated in this category, and then live shows. And because these um, musical NBC musicals are live, they qualify for this category. And uh, it's interesting to see that Andrew Lloyd Webber, Tim Rice, they've all won Oscars, um, Grammys, and Tonys. But As never, has John Legend. You know, and John Legend, too, most recently. Yeah. And they would all, in one fell swoop, become EGOT winners, as we say in the business, uh, should Jesus Christ Superstar come and triumph here, which I think it has a good shot. Now, I just interviewed uh, Neil Marin and Craig Zayden for an episode of my Behind the Lens a Deadline series, and uh, they they said themselves they've never won an Emmy for all of the programs really? they've done, for all of the Oscar shows they produce, for all of the live musicals they've had every year. They've never won an Emmy. They forgot how many nominations they've had. It's definitely in the teens. And and this could be their shot as well. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Now, the competition likely to come in this category uh, includes the Tony Awards, yeah. which more often than not wins here. It's won more than I anything. I don't think last year's Tony's is going to win. Well, you we know why. And, you know, the host is Kevin Spacey. And that's why they're not going <laughs> Does the Academy... That house of cards has fallen down, and my friend. And here's an interesting situation. Kevin Spacey himself has never won an Emmy. And he's probably not going to. But he has won Tonys, and he has won Oscars, and I don't think he's won a Grammy. You know what? He might have for reading a book. You know what? <laughs> I'll tell you this. Ke Kevin Spacey. Kevin, if Kevin Spacey yeah. hasn't won a Grammy, I bet he's been nominated for an audiobook. Read, it's like, possible, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's an interesting thing if voters aren't thinking about who hosted the show and go to their like standard thing of awarding the Tonys. That ain't going to happen, pal. Um, that ain't going to happen. Kevin Spacey gets an Emmy, which would be even more Could you imagine having to have them having to oh, play the oh clip? Oh, my God. And like, because <laughs> there's no way you can play the clip and not yeah. show the host. Well, we'll I mean, see. you can, but it's we'll terrible. We'll see if it gets nominated even this year, but it always gets nominated. But, you know, they even pulled back. They were going to give Kevin an Emmy finally, a special Emmy, international Emmy. He was getting a special one, and they rescinded it after all that happened with him. Yeah. So this is just an interesting little category we threw in there here. There is going to be fallout from these sexual yeah. harassment and sexual assault cases and, and, and allegations yeah. that is going to permeate through this industry for years. Yeah, interesting. So, you know, and also we have, of course, the Oscars and the Golden Globes that tend to get nominated here but don't win. It's Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, okay. And uh, and now talk about, you know, the new trend in television this year that's really blowing up uh, with the reboots. Well, it's really blowing up if you're Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> that one blew up and blew out. Yeah, well, like it this. may have blown out, but yeah. they're apparently trying to save it, you know. Maybe, but it's not the same. That Then yeah. that technically doesn't become a reboot or a revival. That becomes, that's actually a yeah. new show I yeah mean, but does sense. she get paid for that too uh well i mean that that's going to be an issue that people are gonna have to think about because yeah. you know in terms of how yeah. the ip on that right. i mean how you assess that i mean i guess if you call it yeah. the connors yeah um well you know this of, happened yeah. with the hogan family yeah it was valerie they had a problem with valerie harper she left the show they rebooted it as the hogan family and uh, brought in sandy duncan and it lived
lived on for many seasons. But I, um, but I think the kind of the kind of control and rights and power that Valerie Harper had on that is yeah. very different. Than I know they've Barr been has. discussing this, and you know they may have uh, this all resolved uh, uh, very soon, if not already. Well, I will tell you this though: Roseanne is not getting nominated for an Emmy this year. Nobody yeah. from Roseanne is. Maybe next I, year. I don't. But think I so. wonder about like but, you know Netflix has Lost in Space. NBC yeah, brought Will it. and Grace back. Yeah. There's a, who knows, man. Lost I mean, in like, Space is you know the Academy are snobs just like the Motion Picture Academy are. Any sci-fi thing, they relegate to the uh, below-the-line crafts categories. I will not see Lost in Space in any uh, above-the-line category. I, 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 don't, I, I think Will and Grace might have... I think that, that will. will. Likes, but you know what? I, I mean, think these, that will. These reboots and revivals, I mean, are yeah. over there. And next season, like, Magnum P.I. is back. Right. Murphy Brown is back. And Murphy yeah. Brown will... I love that. Murphy can't Brown wait. will be nominated for an Emmy when it's eligible yeah. for this, this reboot. And do you know yeah. you still can't get it on DVD except the first season? Because they no. felt it was so dated. The references in there are all about Dan Quayle and everything. Well, it's the last couple of seasons, sure. <laughs> it's interesting on these shows. You know, I Love Lucy, which I consider to be the greatest show in television history. Really? Uh, and Breaking Bad is number two. And that's for me, but I think that's true. Is not dated except for one episode of the Hollywood thing where they went to um, steal a grapefruit from Richard Widmark's house and he plugged his current movie. I kind of think, <laughs> I, I think some of the jokes about Ricky's accent are a little dated. But they're not referencing anything in particular. I, I will, for instance, say to you, I think, I think, I, I'm not sure I would say the greatest show because I feel like mm-hmm. immediately I'll think of something else. One of the greatest shows of all time, in my opinion, is The Honeymooners. Oh, love that. Uh, and the, and one but, season. Yeah. One season, 39 And then a little episodes. bit of bits like on some Gleason special. Yeah, on the yeah, uh, yeah. Jackie yeah. Gleason variety show, they brought it back with yeah. a, a different, ca- well, with um, Sheila McRae instead of But uh, the Audrey. thing is, yeah. is, you know, the, the I'm going to sock you stuff is really like, oh, yeah. that just, that really just, that hits you with a 1950s, I, I, oh. I'm not too sure I do like Ike feeling anymore. Right? So, <laughs> so, I mean. It, to it, the moon, Alice. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Let's bring back these shows, folks, and let's oh, vote. That's my thing. We are going to close this uh, segment by talking about our dream nominee. My dream nominee is from 45 years ago. You know, bring back the great golden era of TV. Unless you think, as many do, that we're in it now. And you talk we're to... We're in a new golden era. Yeah, you, know, you talk to people that are doing television now and you see the immense amount of, of, of material that's out there to vote on this year. And it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. I'll tell you what, though. A lot of it's good. A lo- Some of it's great. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to reach the heights of I Love Lucy and the Honeymooners. It does. It does. And, you know, I mean, that was a different time. And, you know, but that was when comedy was comedy. Now you're talking about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel being a slam dunk. And, you know, is that really a a comedy Uh, comedy? Interesting. Interesting, though. Yeah. Same era. Yeah, it takes place in the takes place in that era, but and I think that's part. I think that is yeah. part of the appeal of it. Is I think yeah. I think in many ways that that character that Rachel plays in that, I, I yeah. think it's Joan Rivers. I mean yeah. personally, but right. but it really it does hark to that kind of perky, yeah. sparky feel that Lucy yeah. had in all sorts of places. So you know, I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe that's the real revival, which is let's go back to the beginning of television to find where the future is. Well, that's it. We're gonna we're gonna find out soon enough uh, with those ballots coming out uh, in July and uh, the the announcement of the nominations. And so stay tuned for that, folks. With that, a word from our sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by Warner Brothers Unscripted Television's Little Big Shot, starring Steve Harvey. Featuring hilarious interviews with some of the world's most talented kids, NBC's hit reality series is a show for the entire family and full of heart. WBAL-TV says they may be young, but they are amazing. 
Little Big Shots for your consideration in all categories. Screen full episodes at WBFYC.com. Now, when we talk about great television, we talk about I Love Lucy, The Honeymooners, and he talks about Breaking Bad, and I almost completely agree with that and many others, and we brought them up. One of the greatest shows of this era of peak TV has to be FX as the Americans. And as a part of that, we saw Holly Taylor literally grow up on screen as the daughter of the Soviet moles played by Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese, Paige Jennings. I had a great, great time sitting down with her just before the finale to discuss the show, her future, and could there be a spinoff for Paige or otherwise? We've seen you virtually grow up on television. And look, I'm, I've said it in my review of this final season, I'll say it again, I so think the guys should create a, a, a Paige <laughs> spinoff. It's just a natural, and you just make it happen now. I mean, come on, the real, real life events is the Americans, right? I've said that to them as well, but um, I don't know if they're for it. But I still push, you know. Everyone says different things. Matthew says that I could be the Monica Lewinsky or something, which I think is a little far-fetched. People are like, she could end up being Hillary Clinton. Like, everyone has their Chelsea own little Clinton. theory. Yeah, exactly. Chelsea Clinton, you must get that a lot. Yeah, yeah so totally. there's so many different theories out there, but also just like a plain old spinoff of like what she does after yeah. this and how she decides what to do with her life. Because there's nothing, no matter what happens in the finale, there's nothing that can kind of unmake what Paige has learned over the past two seasons. That her yeah. parents are KGB uh, plants, that they've been working actively for decades mm -hmm. to basically advance the agenda of the USSR and undermine the agenda of the United States of America. Right. That there's a body count, as you talk, there's sex. Mm -hmm. And that they've basically, the parents, up until two seasons ago, the parents she thought she had are not the parents she has. Yeah. For you, though, with all that, what has it been like over these six seasons for you? Um... It's been kind of surreal when I look back on it. I mean, it went so fast. And when people say six years or I think like how I was 14 the first season, that just sounds really bizarre to me because it feels like just yesterday was season one. Um, but I've just learned so much from being on the show. And I can't believe that like almost all of my teenage years were spent on that TV show. And I was lucky enough to have that opportunity. So I still haven't wrapped my head around it. I don't know if I ever will. But going forward in your career, I mean, you know, you you uh, you came and joined us from New Mexico, where you're making a movie. What's the movie is? Uh, it's a like mini series kind of thing called The Unsettling. So uh, it's a spooky horror thing. I'm a foster kid, and some scary things start happening in the house that I go to. So clearly, your career is moving forward. I have to ask this, and we all know the stories that happen, like you know, teenagers or children who are on shows, and life happens to them. Right. Have, have you sort of got a plan of where you want to take things? I mean, because you're, I mean, you're such a high level, Holly. And you're, per and I'm not just talking about the show, I'm talking about you as a performer, such oh, a high level. Thank you. Um, it is intimidating coming off of a show like The Americans where the writers, like the creator, everyone are just so talented and intelligent. Like it's a really smart show and it was never dictated by like ratings or audience reaction. It was always about, no, like we want to tell this story. It doesn't matter what people think, you know? And I feel like that's something really rare in the entertainment business where usually you know we're kind of swayed by like what's going to get the most views what's going to get the most people talking about us on twitter or something you know so i've been really lucky to be on a show like that and it's hard to think of like what to do after that would even be above it you know I have, i'm so lucky to be on such an amazing show and like it's really scary when you think about what to do next 
but I would like to do comedy. That's my Really? Thing. Yeah. Not a lot of funny in the Americans. No, or not there's, intentionally, there's certainly. There's not at all. That's yeah. why I really want to like switch it up. I'm kind of done with the crying stuff and the scared faces and the eyebrows. So You do do those well. Yeah. I guess, I, is that a kind of a natural transition <laughs> to do a horror show then? I guess so. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's just more of her than yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I told the director. He was like, great job. And I was like, I just move my eyebrows. There's no emotion. You just have to squint them and all of a sudden you're confused. It's a lot of method there. Yeah. A lot of method. Have you been, have you been talking to people about comedy? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I try and like put it out there, but it is hard for people to see because I have been playing such a serious, like somber character for so long when usually kid actors and like teenagers are a little more like jovial. So it's kind of hard for people to like imagine that, but that's actually what I have more training in. So I never really trained in drama. I only ever took comedy classes. At this year's Contenders event, I was uh, lucky enough to be able to talk to Catherine Zeta-Jones, an actress I admire so much. Tony winner. You love Catherine Zeta-Jones. Don't say I admire Tony, her so much. Tony winner, Oscar winner, uh, just a terrific talent. And she's doing Cocaine Godmother. And man, if you haven't seen that movie, check it out. It's on Lifetime. And she plays one mean mama. Uh, our grandma. One mean go Grandma, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's remarkable, and she was so much fun to talk to, so here is that. A real person here named one of her sons Michael Corleone. Uh, she had a dog. It's not in the movie, but I understand she had a dog yeah, named Hitler. Yeah, she, she named him Hitler. I mean, it's just, you can't write this stuff, you know? It's <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, she called her son Mikey Corleone because she loved, loved the movie, you know? It's like, okay. So you, you can imagine for me as an actor to have all those elements of this, you know, how does this woman tick? You know, it's, and also she has no redeemable quality, you know? And I, I didn't want to play her. And, and, and I must say a big, a big kudos and thank you to Lifetime because this is not a quintessential movie that you go, whoa, this has got Lifetime movies written all over it. It's not, it's not. And, and God bless them, they gave me a fantastically long leash to be able to do it and, and, and to do it the way, you know, I wanted to do it. Um, and I didn't want people to find, oh, sympathy for her. I have no sympathy for Griselda Blanco. Um, oh, she did it because she wanted to help her sons have a better life than her. I don't think so. Um, so to be able to play that, but I must say, when watching the movie, you know, over and from dailies to, you know, to seeing it, I kind of feel for her. And I wonder wh what, why? why, why do I kind of, in a way, I don't want her to get away with it. And I think it's because um, I admire her tenacity, I think, as a woman. As bad as she was. She's super she smart. Had, she, Clearly she was smart. super smart. Super smart. But when you think of, of playing somebody who from nothing became that and held on to it much longer than this, you know, the sad part was that what she invented, which was the drive-by shooting, was the thing that eventually killed her. She was she was she was she was um, she was back in Medellin. Um, she was deported there and she somehow wanted to go to get sausages um, at the market, and she was she was assassinated. So it's just this whole circle of 
um, of a huge life, but this this really is um, a very specific time because we just we didn't want to do a six-hour TV series. I would have wanted to do it, but I think a movie just kind of just jabs it. Oh, and it moves, and it's it moves. like, whoa, and she is merciless there. I guess she's responsible for about 200 murders, they say, and different things yeah. that happened. And I didn't know much about her, but everybody in Miami, I guess now that you meet or go there, they all yeah. have a, a story. Well, when I was prepping the movie... Um, I was uh, I was actually at Art Basel, and so I was in a in a in a, in a car going to see some art, <laughs> and I and then she was like, "So what do you do now?" You know, I said, "Oh well, I'm I'm actually prepping, you know, a, a character that I've been wanting to play forever." Um, and Griselda Blanco, oh, Griselda Blanco. Now everybody in Miami seems to know somebody who knows somebody who worked for us. Like, okay, <laughs> okay. So what's your Griselda Blanco story? And I said, the good thing is, is that you're alive. Uh, so, um, but anyway, she, she's she's notorious in that world, a world that, like I said, it's a a dark and dangerous world, and she's infamous in that world. Um, Amazing. I know you and your husband, Michael Douglas, don't often talk about your projects together, but you got a little piece of advice that you asked for from him. Or, yeah. 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 I said, I said, um, we, we never do actually. We don't, we don't bring the work home. <laughs> we should, maybe we should. Um, but no, he, he, he never gives me kind of unsolicited advice and, and, I was going to shoot it, and so I was leaving him and the kids, and, and I, I was leaving, and as I was going into the car, he said, darling, just remember one thing, and let me give you one note. Take it, take what, do whatever you want to do with it. I said, okay. He said, just remember, you are at your most terrifying when you do nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that was his note, but God damn it, I took it, you know? <laughs> I went, yeah, she would have been at her most powerful too when she didn't think. Cut to, after, you know, 18 years of marriage is like Jesus, all that screaming and shouting was useless. <laughs> I just shut up and I scared the bejesus out of him. <laughs> so thanks for listening to the Deadline Podcast TV Talk Season 2. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode or a season. And, of course, you can find all of our Emmy-breaking news coverage at Deadline.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next season. Get there and start voting, Emmy winners. <laughs> <laughs>